Hello guys, welcome back to the Talk Crystal Palace podcast. My name is Ollie. Brighton one, Crystal Palace one. Um I I wanted to record an instant reaction, but equally thought, you know, I was a bit pissed. Uh my voice had gone, and I'd rather, you know, kind of watch a bit of the game back uh and kind of give a more level-headed view of the game. Uh today um so i'm recording this on saturday you'll hear this on sunday morning hopefully if you're an avid listener um and if not i'm sure you'll catch it at some point anyway um the first thing i want to talk about are lyrics on the screen brighton and hove albion have lyrics to their walkout song on the big screen what as if they couldn't get more embarrassing it's dreadful um, I posted it on Twitter at TalkCPFC. Have a look. Um, I mean, for that alone, football lost yesterday. Um, the Premier League lost. English culture lost. Uh, just horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Um, much like our performance <laughs> for a lot of the game. We, for large spells, were really, really poor. Uh, yes, we took the lead. Uh, yes, we conceded late again. Uh, but to be honest, I don't think any Palace fan can really complain because we were the second best for more or less the whole game. Um, and as I said uh, the, the other day, I would take a point and we got a point. And yeah, it, it's kind of disappointing in some ways, which which I'll get on to. But, you know, all in all, I'm happy with it. I, I don't think we can really complain. First half uh, was the worst half. Um, we were really poor. Um I think that Brighton press really, really stressed us out. Again, the midfield looked unbalanced. Um, I thought that Hughes really in that midfield was the only one who was wanting to get the ball from deep. And that's one thing I used to actually criticise Kiate for. Um, I used to say that he didn't want to pick the ball up from the centre-backs, but he does. Like He is willing to do that. And when he's not doing it, it was very evident that he wasn't there. Schlupp continued to not do that. Gallagher, he doesn't, but I can kind of let it go because... That has never really been his strength. You know, all season he has been um, playing that role. So why should he change? I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we, we, were, we were really poor. With the exception of three players, um, Mark Gahey, uh, Joachim Anderson and Jack Butland. Um, I want to talk about Butland. I mean, pre-penalty, that save from Trossard's shot was incredible a dreadful header from Joel Ward who by the way was really poor again I know he was instrumental in one of the best Palace goals I've ever seen but apart from that he was dreadful and it was not a surprise at all to me that their game their goal came from the right hand side um yeah Butland's save of Trossard was outstanding I didn't really appreciate it at the time because uh, I was kind of sat closer to the home fans behind the goal so I couldn't really see it I saw that he made a good save but it was hard to see you know just how good it was at the time um and then, of course, the penalty, it was... I want to talk about the penalty incident. I'm not sure it was a penalty. Like, I get I get why it was given, um, but that happens the whole time. Like, everyone saw the other day, I think it was Vlasic for West Ham, Tim Krull grabbing his head and doing some, like, judo move and throwing him to the floor. Like, Will Hughes did not even do that, and that wasn't looked at. Um, the Brighton players themselves, they didn't even appeal for it. I didn't know what was going on. And then, like, kind of when VAR was was looking at it, then all of a sudden, Brian were interested in the penalty. Like, the whole thing was just a bit naff. And, yeah, like, it's kind of stupid, but I've seen 
much worse ones than that not given. Like, that wasn't even that bad, I didn't think. Often you look at that back and go, yeah, fair enough, that was a pen. I didn't even really have that, if I'm honest. Maybe I'm biased. Um, seems to be the catchphrase of a lot of my podcasts, that, isn't it? Maybe I'm biased. I am definitely biased, for the record. Um, and then the penalty itself was dreadful. I, I'm really happy for Butland, though, um, because even ignoring that, he had a really good game. And then, obviously... Uh, from the corner resulting from the penalty, they had a goal disallowed. It was definitely, it was rightly disallowed. And I, I tweeted this, you know that Mope knew it was disallowed because he didn't, he didn't do anything to the Palace fans. You're telling me that if Neil Mope thought that goal had counted and he scored it right in front of the away end, he wouldn't have done anything to us. I just don't believe that. I think everyone knew it, was, it wasn't going to count. Good work from Butler to actually hold on to it. It wasn't an easy header to, uh, to keep. Um, but we needed the halftime whistle. Like it was, it was really, really poor. And then the second half was not much better, if I'm honest. I thought Elise and Eze really struggled to get into the game. I thought Edward struggled up front by himself. I'm quite surprised he started up front by himself, if I'm honest. I really thought Mateta or Benteke would play. Um, it was quite exciting, like having him there. It was a really exciting front three on paper, but uh, I just don't think it really worked. We we lacked a focal point. Um, and we actually really missed Ayu as well, if I'm honest. I don't know. I think the balance of that was just not right. Um, it's good that Eze and Elise got some more minutes under their belt. I thought Elise had a decent game. Eze, again, is getting there. Like, you can see that he's getting there. Um, he just needs a bit more time. But hopefully he'll get that uh, with players away at AFCON, etc. Um, and it was actually the subs which which led to the goal. Um Credit where it's due to Vieira. He was brave early. Um, he bought, uh, brought Mateta and Luca on and that really helped us. I think Mateta again had a good game when he was up front by himself. He held the ball up a couple of times in the build-up to the goal really well and Luca added a bit more balance to midfield even though he still kind of lost that battle while he was on. Um, and, you know, let's talk about the goal. All 11 Palace players touching the ball, 20 passes, Brighton not touching it and it was a, it was a great finish. As well, really good work from Ward in, in the build-up. Same with Mateta. Um, the ball broke to Gallagher and I was right behind where the ball ended up. And I didn't even see a gap. It was it was very, very tight. Kind of tight and I think TV maybe did it justice. I, I, at the time, was like, wow, that's an amazing finish. Then you watch it on TV and it doesn't look as good. But I, I promise you, having sat right behind that, um, that was a really, really great finish. And it was nice to have some good limbs as well. Um, as I said before, that was my first trip to Brighton. So I'm kind of glad I got a second half, take the lead, limbs moment, like a la IU. Obviously, it's a shame that it didn't work out the same way. Um, even so... Really good goal. Um, it was completely undeserved. Let's let's be brutally honest. It was undeserved. We didn't deserve to be ahead or even arguably in the game by that point. Um, I do want to also talk about quickly when Tarek Lamptey came on. Um, I thought we dealt with him really well. Like you can see that Brighton really, really rate him. Understandably, he's a great player. Um, but Schlopp and Mitchell completely nullified him. I just wanted to add that in there. Um, and those two down that side together have a good history together when it comes to a defensive record and record record when starting games. I don't think they've actually ever lost a game. They've started together, uh, at least when Schlupp played wide left in a 4-4-2. Obviously, that would have changed when we lost to West Ham. But um, yeah, I thought they played really well. Um, but it was the third change which I think lost us the game, which was bringing Ben Teke on for Elise. I mean, I... I don't even really get the thinking behind it. I, I understand that you, Elise is not necessarily the most defensive player in the world, but he did his work, I think. Um, I don't think he was slacking. He's not a Jordan, are you, uh, in that sense? But he's not bad at all. 
And we just lost real balance when he came off. We lacked a kind of a skilled ball carrier. Um, Schlupp was was not very direct towards the end of the game. And we just had zero outlet, which to be honest, we had for, didn't have for most of the game. We struggled to get Elise the ball. But moving Mateta out there, who had played well up front while he'd been there, bringing Benteke on, who didn't really do anything. It was just weird. And maybe the thinking was uh, set pieces is the only thing I can think of. But it doesn't matter about set pieces when, you know, they score from open play. Um, I mean, the goal was was unlucky for, for Anderson, who I thought was was great. I thought he had a really good game again. Um, and I think him and Gay now are really starting to blossom, actually. Um, it's really exciting times. He was he was a fantastic performance from him. Those three were definitely like my men of the match, Butland, Gay and Anderson. I think Butland uh, gets it just for the penalty save and some big moments. Gahey, I thought, was was excellent ball carrying and it was really important in the little, be, uh, build up to the goal as well. Um, and it's a shame. It, it was a shame that Anderson uh, was the one who scored the own goal. But, you know, you look at it, it he wasn't a fault. It was Ward who let Mope round him. Um, yeah, I mean, Ward, Ward was just poor again. It's a worrying. The, the thing with Joel Ward is when he's bad, he's really bad, especially at this level, because... He's he's not a great right back. Like he has to play well in order to kind of fit into a Premier League team. Um, and if he's not playing well, he is such a massive weak link. And that was the case yesterday. Um, look, I love Wardy. He's still not lost to either Brighton, Millwall, or Charlton in his Palace career. He's been here ten years, which is a which is a great record to have. Um, but let's be honest. I think if someone else plays right back yesterday, we might win that game. And it would, I think I spoke about it before. It would help Elise too. Um, we would just look more balanced. There's, there's a real imbalance when he plays and with, with Mitchell. Mitchell is so much better than him, so much younger, so much more dynamic um, and has so much more potential. Ward is just kind of declining. Um, maybe we need to get declining. <laughs> um, or just something else, someone else. Um at right back, obviously Ferguson not in the squad again yesterday. Just I just don't know if this is going to happen. I think for this season, he's a write-off, if I'm honest. Um, look, even though we made those weird changes, um, and again, questions should be asked of Vieira. I think it was a weird substitution. Um, it's not the. It's obviously not the first time we've thrown away points at the end of a game or thrown away points full stop. But, however, I think there are two ways of looking at it, right? I think it gets brighter earlier in the season. Um it's a much more valid argument that we threw that away and that we should have won the game. Yesterday, you can say that because we were 1-0 up with five minutes to go. However, what I would actually say is the only way we were ever going to get anything from that game yesterday was if we took the lead. If they took the lead, there is no way, in my opinion, that we get anything from that. So to take the lead in the first place was was a real positive. It, it's, it's a weird way of looking at things because ultimately, like we didn't hold on to the lead. But the fact that we converted our only chance, we took it the minute it came, that's really, really good. And again, it's exactly the same as every other time we played Brighton. Yes, they dominated the ball. Yes, they had, what, 20 shots. They had three shots on target, I think. Like, again, it's not like we got battered. They were the better team. But I would say they may... Obviously, let's ignore the pen. Um, Besides that, like... They had a few half chances, a few goals. It would have been very good finishes had they gone in. Nothing where you think, oh my God, how has that not gone in? And again, they only scored through an own goal. Like, don't get it twisted. That That's what happened. We had the clearest cut chance of the game and we scored it. Um, and another day, we easily win it. Um, but it's still, a, it's an exciting project under Vieira. You know, 
the Athletic, I think, did an article basically saying like that goal is kind of a, a potential glimpse into the future about what could happen at Palace. Um, you know, with this this young team, that was our youngest team in a Premier League game for I think sixteen years. Yesterday, to do that against a very good Brighton team uh, in a massive game as well, that's really exciting. The average age was like twenty five. Like that's that's something which we haven't had at Palace for ages. Um, I mean, you know, take Ward out of that. Got Butland twenty eight. I think Anderson's 25, Gahey 22, Mitchell 21. Um, you've got Hughes at 26, Gallagher, who's what? I think he's 22. Elise's 20, Eze 21, Edouard 23. Like, that is that is awesome. Like, that's something which I've barely ever seen as a Palace fan in my life. Such a, an exciting young team. Bags of potential. And I, I, this might be an unpopular thing to say, but bags of sell-on value, man. You know, the front three... That front three in like five years could easily be worth 150 million quid. Like, and I don't think that's an exaggeration to say that. Um, you could make an argument it's already worth like 80. Comfortably, actually, I would say. Um, probably close to 100. Anyway, let's not get, you know, go into the ins and outs of that. Um, Vieira is also an inexperienced manager. You know, he's it's his first year in the Premier League. Um, and also, it's, it's not just these players are young. They're Premier League young. You know, Anderson's had one season, one and a half seasons. This is Gay's first season. Um, Mitchell's had like one real proper season. Even then he was in and out of the team. Um, Gallagher's had one season. This is Elise's first season. It's Edward's first season. They're going to learn. And I think that, you know, we know the gaps that are in the squad. Vieira's made that clear. We need more experience, you know, whether that be Aaron Ramsey or whoever. Um, but the core is there. Uh, and I, I know that, you know, the manner of the game yesterday... It was slightly disappointing, but uh, it was a really good learning curve for them. Again, uh, we're kind of getting closer. We we completely threw away a one 0 lead against them last time. This time we were we didn't. I don't think we threw it away. Uh, granted, there were other flaws in the game, but we we showed a maturity grinding out a result, uh, which is something we've really lacked this season. So overall, I'm happy. Um, like last year. Every single week we played badly and got points. This year it's kind of been the opposite. So for us to play badly and get a point away at Brighton, again, I'm not going to complain about that. A few real interesting questions, I think, that uh, about the future which spring to mind when looking at that game. Does Jack Butland stay in goal for Liverpool? In my opinion, yes. I mean, Butland is 28, Guaita is 35. If Butland is in form, you play Butland. I, I love Guaita. But you've got to think long term and also look back on Butland's past. Butland was an England goalkeeper. He's still young for a goalkeeper and he's got a long time left at Palace. We need and we need someone to replace Guaita. If he's looking like he can step up to it, we have to prioritise that over Guaita, in my opinion. And I think Vieira will. Guaita was on the bench yesterday. You know, I don't think he would have been even brought if he wasn't fit to play. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't 100 percent. But the fact that Butland played shows there is a level of trust there, which is really, really exciting. The next question for me is, what do you do this January with a right back? Do you go and buy one? We've got Klein on the bench. Um, clearly not backed by Vieira, really. Ward has been consistently there. He was captain again yesterday. It's difficult to drop him, I would say. Ferguson, let's just ignore him this season. He's clearly not going to be ready in time. Do you go and get one in January? In my opinion, no, not yet. I don't think we need to. I don't want to have to pay big money for a right back. Um, but we have to keep an eye on that situation. As with a holding midfielder, um, 
because Luca was better. I, I think Luca could easily come back into the team for Liverpool if Kiat. Well, I assume Kiat won't be back. Um, he could easily come back in. I think, but you've got to think long term. Kiate and Luca both both past thirty. It sounds like Gyro and Kelly um, are likely to leave this January. By the way, um, so do we go and replace Gyro straight away, or do you just kind of make do with Hughes? I don't know. I don't really know. And the other question, a question which again, you know, if you asked me, if you told me that Arsenal way, I'd say this. I'd be like, you're you're taking the piss. Can you fit Elise and Ayu into the same team? Can you fit Eze Elise and Ayu into the same team? This is ignoring Wilf, by the way. We have so many exciting attacking talents, all of whom are, t- are taking their chances. That is an amazing luxury, which I don't think I've ever seen as a Palace player, as a Palace, well, I wish as a Palace player, as a Palace fan. What is our best front three? At, honestly, at the moment, like, you, if you think about the last, let's ignore AFCON and say that it's not happening. Let's look at the last month and a half of form, two months of form. On form alone, our best front three at the moment, I would I would probably say is Elise, IU, Edward, Mateta, unlucky to miss out, Wilf comfortably behind the two wingers. And that's kind of a mad thing to think. Uh and I'll be interested to see what the pecking order looks like when those players come back from AFCON because Elise has done well. IU, however, was a, was amazing for most of December. Um so yeah. Let's 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 see what happens. It's exciting. It's exciting times. Um, Brighton now. It's been three seasons since they beat us. Oh, painful. Uh, it will be uh, yeah over three years uh, till they. Well, since their last victory, it will be at least three years uh, because they, we won't play them again. Obviously, until like September earliest. Basically, um, the stadium itself is an absolute ball ache to get to and from. Home fans, dreadful, leaving in the 80th minute with your team 1-0 down. I don't care, by the way, if you're not a Brighton fan. If you're a football fan, you stay for that. If I went to go and watch Everton-Liverpool and Everton were 1-0 down at Goodison Park with 10 minutes to go against Liverpool, piling pressure on, I would not leave. Like, how are you leaving in that situation? It's probably to get the train because the the transport links there are dreadful. Um, I had a lovely pint in Lewis beforehand um, with my dad and his mate and... It was originally just a, a kind of a neutral pub, which turned into a palace pub quite quickly. Um, and, mate, I forgot about non-London prices. Three beers, including a neck oil, for £15. I literally had a heart attack, and in like a good way. I, I completely forgot that beers outside London don't cost £6 a pint. Unreal. Um, and, yeah, the, after the game... Brighton fans giving it, but like, just walking to the, it's just like embarrassing. I was, I was right by the netting behind the goal and just the state of some of the people like giving it. I mean, they probably think exactly the same thing about the away fans, but what I always think in a game like that is those home fans sit there every single game f- for the whole season. They probably do that. And it's, they're all like 17, right? They all would all stand there giving it all sorts of gestures. And you're like, mate, you spend every other Saturday of your year coming here and just giving it to the random men like that uh, that sounded really weird but you know what I mean like it's just embarrassing after the game like some of them walking by the palace fans like giving it all you're like mate it's just but it's not even like you know you don't you're not scared are you if you go to Millwall you're like oh my god this is pretty pretty bad like there were people in hospitality with a glass of red wine um like trying to give it out of the yeah, out of their box when we were walking around the stadium. Then 
arguably a worse bit was Palace fans singing we pay your benefits to a bunch of blokes sat with shirts and ties and red wine in their hand. It was quite weird, but uh, I don't know that's a football fan. Everyone was probably just a bit beard up when they, up. it was, it was a good, it was a good day out. I think it's an overall like away experience. I'd probably give it like a seven and a half out of 10. Um, the pub was nice, but like the, the ground itself is like pretty meh. The atmosphere was really poor. Like that to have, stand up if you hate Palace as the most noise you make all game. Like, really? It's your biggest game of the season on a Friday night and that's the best you can come up with? Like, oh, God. Um, But you know what? I'm going to finish the podcast what I started it with. Lyrics on the screen. I think that kind of sums up what a trip to the Amex is like. Uh, That tweet I did, it sums it up. Um, And on that note, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please give me a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Follow me on Twitter as well, at TalkCPFC. Uh, appreciate the love and the support as always. Uh, hope you enjoyed Brighton if you went. Feels like a really long gap now. Uh, Liverpool next Sunday. Um, I'm away this week. We'll try and get a pod out or two, but kind of no promises. I might just enjoy my holiday, to be honest. Um, yeah, so have a good one, guys, and I'll catch you all on the next podcast. <laughs>